Hello and welcome to Sisters That Read Together. Review Together. My name is Hanima. My name is Keisha. And this is a weekly podcast where we review a different book every week. How do we choose these books, Aisha? These books have been on our list forever, but we never seem to make much time for them. This podcast is a way for us to finally tackle that list. Yes, and this is our first episode. Our very first, our inaugural episode. And Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy New Year's. <laughs> okay, so what book are we reading this week, Aisha? We're reading Salt Houses by Hala Alian. Mm. I don't think her name is Hala. Her name is Hala. Hala Alian. Hala. Lam Because I actually went on Google. I was like, is her name Hala or Hala? And then I went on her Arabic Wikipedia. And oh, then it was so Hala. Was Arabic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because you never know with English, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what did you know about the author before getting into this book? Absolutely nothing. I just saw the cover and we were going to choose a Palestinian book, mm-hmm. right? And I knew about, and so I saw the cover and I'm like, this is so interesting. And I've seen multiple people that follow on TikTok review it and really love it. So I was like, oh, we should read this. Mm, yeah. yeah personally i knew nothing about it i saw it on some people's palestinian books to read or tbrs mm-hmm. but i didn't know what it was about i just knew it was by uh an american palestinian mm-hmm. um yeah so what do you think of the book overall i think it's like a really interesting insight into like how palestinians reacted to the Nakba and like how people like um their how like families like how Palestinians continuously get displaced even when they settle down again and again and like what is home it was very interesting themes throughout the book that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. so like overall I found it like a very interesting read mm-hmm. yeah yeah I found it to be an interesting read as well because it's just showing you how the the war how it in each generation how it traumatized even the kids who had more stability than mm-hmm. others um how it affected their adulthood also the the way you see culture and how through time you actually forget where you came from mm-hmm. um like i don't remember what city it was but initially when we started off the or the one before no the, the place they were from before nebulous mm-hmm. and by the time it gets to the great granddaughter mm-hmm. manar or manal i don't remember mm-hmm. she uh, she doesn't even know What's... if they're actually from nebulous or not because mm-hmm. someone asked her and i found that very interesting that all the things that can get lost through the generations mm-hmm. um like if you don't ask your grandparents then it just dies with them yeah yeah and i i when she when it got to that point i started sobbing because mm-hmm. that's exactly how i feel um so like when i see people say oh this is a building like in you know in european countries mm-hmm. they'll be like this has existed for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and knowing that i couldn't have that because of colonization mm-hmm. that part of the book really hit home for me and yeah that's why like a lot of the times i don't like going to museums and stuff I don't either. because like wh- you're showing me how you were able to c- preserve your culture and steal ours mm-hmm. and 
I am supposed to be ooing and owing about that, mm-hmm. but then another part of me is like, well, if I do not look at these things that were stolen and do not keep that memory alive, like, you know, it's just like a double-edged yeah, sword. It's also like so infuriating because it's like you do not, these are not your culture. You're so, yeah. like you pillaged so many countries, and you're here displaying proudly. Oh, we've we had this for like hundreds of years because blah 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 blah. it's like so infuriating and i don't i really dislike museums like i hate the whole like premise of it yeah but recently i've been seeing like artworks and stuff by like somali um artists and stuff Mm -hmm. who create things like things like that i'm okay yeah but like modern artists like a lot of artists yeah even old things if it's done in a way where it's by the people Mm -hmm. for the people Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff I'm, I'm okay with that but yeah like that old old stolen stuff or mm-hmm. europeans being so Are proud about preserving eight mummies and that's why there's not a lot of mummies huh? left <laughs> <laughs> they ate the mummies of egyptians why no they literally believed in a lot of like um had a lot of like alternative medicine thing that's why a lot of people like <laughs> what's his name um were able to scam europeans because they believed in like the mystical and blah blah blah. all these like stereotypes are in media because that's how uh people of color scammed them and i shout out to those people of color but that also had a like a lasting impact in stories written by white people Anyways, um, how did you find the writing? Was it hard to understand? Was it complicated? What do you think? No, not at all. I had this on audiobook. I read both my things in audiobook format, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it was, it was really nice. It was very like straightforward. It came out in twenty seventeen, so mm-hmm. the writing it wasn't too hard. It wasn't hard, and it doesn't seem like this um, author was trying to. Um, be obtuse with their prose so like they were like they're just to not pretentious yeah it's not pretentious at all yeah yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah it was easy to read yeah um yeah i also did the audiobook but i like looking at the words so mm-hmm. i was listening to the audiobook while i was looking at the pages um because that way i feel like i was able to remember more names mm-hmm. and places and stuff like that um what did you think about the stereotyping in the book typing of like how like we grew up in egypt right mm-hmm. so for us the way like the palestinians look like in this family that we're following mm-hmm. the way they v- viewed people from lebanon mm-hmm. versus the people they viewed in kuwait and mm-hmm. stuff like that like what do you think of that aspect i think i think that media has created uh, this thing where like we see multiple stories and we could we're less biased in this age so I understand when like older generations are very stereotypy about stuff because mm-hmm. they don't trust their the people who control the media mm-hmm. and they don't trust uh, authorities and so who they trust is their neighbor so if a neighbor said oh this person uh, was like it becomes like a story that becomes a stereotype and like I just, I understand where stereotypes come from, you know, mm-hmm. and you can see how, like, as we go through the generations, like, the third generation or the fourth generation, 
um, there's so much less judging, mm-hmm. right? And that's you different. went about this like completely different. I was yeah. just coming from a place of isn't it funny how growing up in Egypt, like the, the stereotypes of Kuwaitis yeah. or the Khalijis in general yeah. versus As people who are sh- from Bilad de Femme mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like that's the angle I was coming from because oh, I was like, oh, there's something I'm familiar with. Yeah. That is the angle I was trying to oh, come at. Dead. I'm sorry. You should continue because I, even though I grew up in Egypt, I did not have a lot of Egyptian friends and the ones I was like, I was very like socially awkward. Yeah, but you yeah. also were younger than me. I mm-hmm. actually graduated high school and you left like in middle school. So yeah. like grade eight was my last year in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, true. So I, I, maybe I was more exposed. The only to that stereotypes culture. I heard was about Palestinians, to be honest, and like how they're always like, you know, hopeless. I've heard, but that's a hopeless. Oh, you mean like their situation is very sad? Yeah, but also like they're they're gonna they're like um. I've heard negative connotations about, like, oh, they're coming here, we don't have the land, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the only thing I really remember. This book didn't touch on Egypt, yeah. like, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I feel like people, like, so this family um, are very situated in the West Bank. I feel like um, Palestinians that are situated in Gaza would, like, so when they were running away, they would uh, run away to Lebanon, um, um, had uh, Urdun and uh, like Kuwait versus people in Gaza are more likely to like go Egypt to Egypt or Africa. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like land wise. And this person, like, um, I believe the author is from mm-hmm. the West Bank. So, um, you know, Ayeo, my grandma, yeah, told me that when she was younger, I'm assuming after the Nakba, she used to see a lot of Kalefios people, and later mm. on, she found out like a lot of. Palestinians came through Egypt, mm. eh, Somalia, Somalia. Yeah, yeah. This is like a port city, right? Yeah, I guess so. But that's really far compared mm. to like Egypt. Yeah. I mean, like Kuwait is like on the other side of the peninsula, so like Alia goes to Kuwait to see her sister, right? Mm-hmm. And she, there's a like Palestinian community there. Mm-hmm. That's like on the other side, mm-hmm. which is like Kuwait, then um. Oh get its name than Yemen or Somalia right mm. so it's like three countries away from Somalia basically true yeah. true true um so do you want to go through the characters one by one mm-hmm. okay let's start with Hussein which is the original the patriarch the original patriarch yeah <laughs> Um, we don't get a POV from Hussein at all yeah. um so we just see his widow mm-hmm. and his son's POV of him because Alia, mm-hmm. his daughter, doesn't even think of him much. Mm-hmm. I think she was really young when he died. So he's not really... No, actually, I don't think she was that young. She's like seven, I think. Oh, she was young. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just found it very interesting how both the mother mm-hmm. and the son kind of have like a negative view of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the mom was like, you're not here to help me. Mm-hmm. So she was like, basically arguing with herself so for those listening um the book kind of starts off with them leaving their their city that they used to live because of the israeli forces um taking over that Mm -hmm. area so they end up going to nablus Mm -hmm. right so she at some point becomes widowed and um 
so she ends up like kind of arguing with him in her head mm-hmm. because she ends up raising her kids a little bit more western and this is at this point when we're getting this pov is 1963 and her daughter is getting ready to get married mm-hmm. so um yeah she 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 basically kind of argues with him because he was really religious mm-hmm. and she didn't grow up that religious but became more religious through her marrying mm-hmm. um but her daughter doesn't wear hijab um her older daughter got married to a guy who ended up going to Kuwait. Mm-hmm. we'll get to her eventually um but yeah it's just so interesting how she had this view of him like you were very like you wanted your way or the highway and there was no arguments there mm-hmm. like a typical patriarch kind of thing yeah this is, it was like 1950s um and like she was like a random girl who his mother chose for him right yeah. so there's no really love there's just a rape marriage and then like and just at, some respect I guess. yeah so um it it is a time and place yeah, yeah. and then you have mustafa's pov mm-hmm who straight up just is angry as his father for being sick. Yeah. I was so confused at that view. We'll get to Mustafa and him as a person in general a bit later. But I just was so confused um, as his view. So that's all we really get from Sam. Yeah. So his wife, which is Selma. I love her. I love how, like, she's like, I want a garden, so I will get a garden. She's like, I'm going to bring joy into this house. I'm going to bring something I love. Like, you can see, like, she doesn't have, like, she's trying to make the best out of the situation. situation. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. I just think that her favoritism was a little bit too obvious. But other than that, I really... She obviously preferred Alia and Mustafa. Which is wild. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That favoritism um, behavior continues on um within the generation um yeah it's it's but at least she was like i was i i love all my children at least she admits that to herself mm-hmm. which i respected because i was like oh um at least she knows she she's more attached to these ones mm-hmm. but at least she recognizes her love for mm-hmm. with which is the oldest yeah um yeah um i liked her um and the whole like reading the coffee thing the thing is we grew up really religious so Mm -hmm. a lot of these things of like reading coffee things and stuff like that Mm -hmm. was like a no-no for us Mm -hmm. but i do know like in egypt like yeah and stuff like that i see that a lot Mm -hmm. so i know it is a cultural thing um so it was just interesting to see that and incorporated into the story i tried to google what the first meant no the zero meant and i couldn't get it yeah yeah oh i didn't even bother i was just like (laughs) i will trust the book to take me where i need to go yeah but like i was like oh what does it symbolize like right when i heard it but like i couldn't find anything and i just moved on yeah do you have anything else to say about sanma i think she's like a g no also i i I think it's important to say that Hussam, when he married Salma, Salma was poor. Mm-hmm. Hussam was rich. Mm-hmm. So she was able to get married to Hussam because she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And his mom was like, we need this beauty in our DNA. Yeah, basically. <laughs> she was like, we need this beauty in our blood. We have the money. Mm-hmm. We need her beauty. Mm-hmm. So it's just so interesting how the mom knew that dad got her beauty. Mm-hmm. No. 
Actually, none of the girls did. The boy, the boy did. Stuff was the pretty one. Yeah, which is wild. Which is like a reoccurring theme in the book. Yeah, I think um, Alia's son was really pretty. Versus like his sisters, which were pretty. No, but, like, I think uh, the girl was also the Jeff? only one that wasn't was him. Mm-hmm. But also, we're talking about beauty by the standards of what these people find beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what is stereotypically considered beautiful mm-hmm. in these regions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, because when they were describing these people, they seemed, like, attractive to me. But, like, you know. I attractive people. You're supposed to be imagining average-looking people. You know what? Yeah. And that's the Hollywoodification to... of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, so that's Selma. Okay, do you want to get into the kids? Yeah. The second generation? Poor with that, that's honestly. With that. Just oh my god. Judged by her siblings. Yeah. Least favored by her parents. Mm-hmm. Lost her dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sent uh, off. Like, Sent off. Like her mother fully admits, I had two choices. One that was going to stay close to home and some guy in Kuwait. And she sent her packing. Yeah, but also there is something to be said for the fact that she felt like she needed more protection than Alia. Mm. You know? So in in that sense, it might have been in, rooted in the idea of wanting to protect her. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she had an option between a guy that was a lot more attractive, that loved Palestine... Mm-hmm. and was like no i'm gonna die here like this is my home mm-hmm. and the other guy was like um i'm gonna be a doctor is he a doctor no a professor i, I don't remember the professor was the guy who's gonna die on palestine plus he yeah. i don't remember what this guy did i just remember he was kind of an ass when we met him hmm. like when alia went to dad's house and he was they were watching the war happening on tv he was a bit of a dad her husband with yeah with dad's husband yeah i think that was a good representation of how people who feel helpless mm-hmm. um react to tragedy the only thing they can do is criticize and like i don't think it was a show of his character as a person mm-hmm. also you need to understand when we're looking at this situation we're looking at it from alia's pov mm-hmm. and alia hated her brother uh, her brother-in-law and her sister yeah. so yeah. Um, with that, actually, doesn't get any POV in this book. Mm-hmm. We only have the sister Alia's POV, who is the youngest yeah. of Salma's kids. Um, and Alia hated her sister. Mm-hmm. So, to me, if anything, I, because Alia would judge her sister for having like a simple Kuwaiti life, which is like cater to her husband mm-hmm. and like worry about her her life like but she's she not an intellectual like she's me. not an intellectual like me I'm like <laughs> baby are you really an intellectual that's mm-hmm. the real question the thing is um because her sister wore a hijab because mm-hmm. she i couldn't was she wearing a niqab they kept yeah. saying veil and veil could be a hijab or it could be like a tarha or like a like a niqab so when they were saying veil i was confused is she wearing a niqab or is she just wearing a hijab Honestly, I just imagine her job. Me too. Yeah. But also, at some point when I saw the veil, I was like, people use niqab, say niqab as a veil mm-hmm. as well. But I feel like Alia's judgment would have been a lot higher if she was wearing a niqab. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Also, like, I feel like when like authors are describing a character with niqab, they usually mention, oh, she removed it. Like, she put it up or something like that. Yeah. It was never... They like, only did the hair. Yeah, and, like, when we go to Rihanna's chapters, she, they talk about taking off her hijab and stuff like that yeah. when she's at home. So, like, I feel like 
they would have mentioned it somehow of removing the niqab mm-hmm. if she was wearing a niqab. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it is just a hijab. Yeah. No. Um. I I liked Wudad because mm-hmm. she clearly liked her life mm-hmm. and she loved her family. Mm-hmm. She loved her family. And all she got repaid in is judgment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, let's go to the second oldest, Mustafa. I, what do you think about Mustafa? I think Mustafa's so annoying. <laughs> he's just so useless. Oh my God. Okay, so... so in the matters of like family dynamics. Yeah. Sure, but like, you know, staying to fight for your country is honorable. Yeah, it you is know, very in honorable. that sense, we'll give him that. You know? Yeah, I wish he left and took his friend with him, but. Shout out to Atif, but we'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. So yeah. Mustafa had a lover. Mm-hmm. Aya was her name? Aya, yeah. He had a lover, and they were having sex. And at some point, she, someone asked her to marry her, but she's in love with Mustafa, and Mustafa's in love it's with the her. Only, like, the only time you see her is when, after they have sex, they're like, oh, someone asked for my hand, by the way. And he's like, I need to marry him. And she's like, no. And that's oh my god. And, and he's like, why? Because I cannot love him. Yeah. Mind you, she's very poor. Mm-hmm. He's wealthy. Yeah. And he thinks about it for a second and has the conversation with his friend Atif, who later marries Alia. Yeah. Actually, it, the book starts off with Alia's wedding. Yeah. Um. He talks about oh, I try to leave money for her, but she always gives it back. It's like. Of course, she doesn't want to feel like a sex worker. She loves you. Yeah, but also like the Atif conversation where yeah. Atif was like, marry her, like who cares? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, the family will judge. You're telling me that you can risk pregnancy. You can do all that and have sex with her, okay? Mm-hmm. Knowing that she's poor. So if that were to happen to her, her life will be harder. Mm-hmm. You're willing to risk that for her, but not marry her because... You know what I mean? Like, what will the family say? Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you care about. And to me, that left such a sour taste in my mouth because if you think about it, his father married someone that was poor. Mm-hmm. His mom is not from money. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just found that whole situation to be very distasteful tasteful for me because he did love her. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough yeah. to tarnish his image and that which is like what would be tarnished truly nothing yeah <laughs> nothing also like even selma in selma's chapter his mother she talks about how she's lucky and how people are living in tents and mm-hmm. how their money is the reason that they were able to live she in comes a house from being from poor family she understands the wealth disparity and all that and like her son is just like golden spoon to mouth type feet. So, like, he doesn't, like, he thinks about it, but intellectually. They always think about, like, that whole family, him and Alia, are always talking about revolution, about, like, themes, blah, blah, blah. All of it is just intellectually because they're not living the brunt of it. The people in the tents, the people who are under more intense occupation, they're living, like, a bit harder life, even though, like, yes, they're having, like, um, they're all dealing with colonization yeah. however classism is still in yeah. effect the money makes up yes so yeah classism is still there and even though they're all going through colonization um, the money is still able to give them a more privileged life mm-hmm. compared to the others and none of them work 
all of this is just from whatever the father's richness from wherever he came like he was able to take enough money to nabilis to like start a new life and like like that's what raised them that's what bought them the house like None That's what worked. kept them going for years. Yeah. For years. Because if you think about it, Alia's husband, Atif, is technically not rich either. Yeah. Yeah. So all the money, Hassan's money, you could feel the money until the great-grandchild. Mm-hmm. Like, it follows them. And and Mustafa is like, oh, what if I marry this woman? And, like, people talk about me. That's just such yeah. a... And for that, I do not like him. I not like him either. Yeah, I do not like him. I feel for his struggle. Yeah. I feel sad that he dies, by the way. You guys, he does die. Yeah. Um, Nobody my, should be tormented that way. No, but at yeah. the same time, as a person, I don't think I like him. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah. Um. So next, the youngest, Alia. Yeah, what do you think about Alia? <laughs> um, I think Alia is... I find her very interesting. I find her... like. I, you know how we called Hussam the patriarch or whatever? We see his shadow over his kids and stuff like that. And Salma even is always thinking about Hussam. I feel like Alia becomes like almost a matriarch. Like, I feel like she kind of like. Because Sari follows her descendants yeah. and not anybody else's. Like, no, but like, it also follows Atif's descendants because they're married. But mm-hmm. you, the, like, the beating heart of the family is mm-hmm. Alia. Mm-hmm. You can, like feel that throughout the book. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, and the the fact the epilogue ends with her, yeah. yeah, and like um, and I do think that she's very very flawed, but for what she is, I feel like I do think that she's annoying in a way that only someone with privilege is annoying, but ultimately I do think that she's a very interesting character. I don't dislike her per se. She's my least favorite character. I know. <laughs> yeah. I did not like how she judged her sister. Yeah. I did not like how she judged her own daughter. Mm-hmm. I do not like how she judged Kuwaiti people in general. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when, like, I have my issues with Egypt mm-hmm. growing up there, mm-hmm. but I would never disrespect their people like that. Mm-hmm. And Kaji called their girls whores? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Like, and I just know the Arabic word she used for that, okay? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Our grandparents and stuff like that, they're flawed. They'll say something crazy once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand how you can come. Like, I understand. She was hungry for her home. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you need to shit on everybody else's home. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, alhamdulillah, right? And there are moments where she's grateful. But she shits on everywhere she is except a man mm-hmm. in Urdu. Mm-hmm. Because... That's where the people who she grew up with ended up going. Yeah. So she couldn't really shit on that country because her people are there. Mm-hmm. And that's the only place she felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason why I don't like her is because she's very selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, I know being a mother is hard, but why are you standing on top of your <laughs> That's postpartum depression, bro. Okay, fine. She had postpartum depression, but like, she favored the son. Mm-hmm. And that's it. She didn't like the young one that was like her. And she didn't like the other one that was more like Wudad. Mm-hmm. She didn't like any of them. Also, shout out to the kids for giving their aunts and stuff like that a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how the kids of Alia and stuff like that gave Wudad and their aunts a new life, a new perspective that wasn't riddled with judgment. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I really enjoyed that. And the same thing with Raham, uh, the kids she's aunts for and stuff like that, um, giving her a new perspective. And I, I really, really enjoyed that because if we just stayed in Alia's head and how she judged everybody mm -hmm. and also, what was her name? The youngest one? Suada. Yeah, if we were to just rely on Suad and um, Alia. Alia's perspectives, uh, yeah. yeah, they're just really judgmental of people. But then Suad changes, Alia doesn't. Mm -hmm. I do think that each generation break a, breaks a curse, you yeah. know? Like how, you can see them shedding yeah. some of that aspects, yeah. yeah. Like how Mustafa and like... Um, Alia are both like really neat with that. But then I do think that Suad and um what's his name? Awesome. Awesome. They are like they feel like judged by their sister. That's why or they Qasim? have Karam. Karam. <laughs> yeah. Karam and Suad, they feel like, oh, um, my sister had this moment and she became religious, so like But they pity her. Yeah, but then they they, they love her. Yeah. You you can the love they have is better than it's better than whatever Alia and Mustafa is doing. Yeah. yeah. Another reason why I don't like Alia is that her husband just comes back from being tortured, mm -hmm. right? And all that man wants is safety for his children, mm -hmm. right? For his wife, his family. That's all he wants. And all she can think of is, I want to go to Urdun. Mm -hmm. That's it. I want to go to Amman, 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 right? Because mm -hmm. she wants to be around her people. And yes, yes, that's a fair point. But mm -hmm. this guy is traumatized. This guy was self-harming. You saw your husband take the scabs on his body and rip him up. Yeah, you see that he's dealing with PTSD, and I understand she's going through trauma as well. But what is going on? Yeah, like it's like she doesn't have like she has compassion for him. Like in theory, I guess sometimes, mm -hmm. but generally, it's like she's mad at him for making her stay in grief. And I just. I just didn't like that. Another thing I didn't like is that when she felt overwhelmed, okay, so there was a party, right? A New Year's party. And a New Year's party where the people who were rich had their party and then their workers. Alia let her workers mm -hmm. have a party. She like said, oh, you guys should have a party. Like, totes, I should let you have that. I'm so good. And the moment she has a fight with Atif, which is her husband, mm -hmm about like not being able to go back to Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh she goes to the party and calls for the driver mm -hmm. and tells him to leave the party yeah. and to drive her to the okay, scene. That's not even the worst part because um, he she, she mentions how he brings out the keys from his pocket and she's like, oh my god, does he always have it on him? Yeah, because yeah. you guys <laughs> are so stinking demanding that this man has to have the keys on his hand, or else. No, it's kind of like she's thinking, "Oh, what if he steals it?" Kind of. Oh, do you yeah. think that's how you took it? Yeah, she's kind of like alarmed, like, "Oh my god, does he always have the keys?" That is not how I took that. That's how I, I took, took it, it as it's like, "Oh, he's always prepared." Mm -hmm. And to me, that says a lot about them and how the people that work for them know how demanding they can be at any minute. Mm. So that's how I took it. I didn't take it that. I don't I still don't think it's that. But you're you're entitled to your opinion. No, it's my water bottle right here. You have two? I have three. Uh this one's broken. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a lot of noises going on, but let's just roll. It's all it. me to be honest. 
and the people in the house, but mm-hmm. we've moved. Um, yeah, there's so much moments like that with Anya where I'm just like, you are not a nice person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's just it, but really. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. let's go to her kids, the oldest, Rihem. Yeah. Oh, should we talk about her husband first? I feel like, yeah, sure. Okay, Atif. Atif is great. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Um, I think he was the best a man of that time could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he did help with the kids, but they had needs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So technically, how much are you really helping? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I do think that she was emotionally abusive, so he had to combat that. <laughs> no, Alia was absolutely emotionally abusive. Yeah, okay. Also, completely neglected Rehem. Uh-huh. Completely neglected Rehem, okay? And hated Suad. I don't know which one's worse, to be yeah. hated or to be just neglected. I, I don't know. But then, yeah. Anyways, I think Arthur was a... she neglected him just because she kind of resented being pregnant at that point. Yeah, yeah and uh, Karam just worked out. It was yeah. just perfect. And he was just so And Saad was a mistake. Saad <laughs> <laughs> well, was just there. Yeah, and then even Atif says, uh, like, Riham was mine, Karam yeah. was hers, and Saad was a mistake. <laughs> But no, but he's generally yeah, he's better very, to his kids, yeah. all of them. He's very, like, gentle. Um, I don't know how much of that is the trauma and how much of that is just, like, innate. Yeah. But, yeah. I think after what him and Mustafa went through, um, he just wanted to, like, live the happiest life he could and just be present. And I think him blaming himself for Mustafa's death I understand it, mm-hmm. but as a reader, I don't think it was his fault. Yeah. You know, he genuinely, yeah, it was just a very survivor's human guilt. moment. It was a very human moment, and yeah. he feels a survivor's guilt. But eventually he got over it because he stopped writing the letters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sarat is fine. There's really not much to comment on him. He was okay. Like, it's and the I like women in the family. That the no, they about. really shine. <laughs> And I like how most of the POV is the women's. Um, I'm glad that we didn't get Karam's because what is he going to tell us? I mean... That was a favorite child. My yeah. dad was good to me and my mom loved me. Like, And then he married a crazy and, you know... Who, by the way... Yeah. Alia was judging crazy yeah. women for being conservative. The moment his son married... Was she crazy? I think Budori was crazy because they've known them their whole life. I'm pretty sure, like... Oh, I thought it was just their community of expats, so I don't know. Anyways, but the irony. If she is crazy, the irony of it all, you know? I feel like that's, uh, like, what makes it, like, quote-unquote worse in her head. Oh, my God. The biases she has is so funny, but then think about it. This woman was, like, 19 in 1963. She's older than my grandma. Yeah. So I understand. She was displaced like three different times. I know for real. She yeah. was displaced a, a bunch of times. Um Riham, the oldest of Alia's children. Honestly, my fave. <laughs> she is my fave. Um when we got her POV when she was young and she find she found Allah mm-hmm. and you see that moment where she 
re like finds her love for Allah mm-hmm. and like her connection to him. Um, I thought that was beautiful. And I also thought her relationship with her grandmother was also very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where she kind of lost me is like, <laughs> just because man. you're religious yeah. doesn't mean you need to marry a man that's old. Yeah. And it also does not mean uh, you don't go to school. Yeah. But how many girls do we know that were very ambitious and smart and whatever oh. and did similar things? Like, yeah, Not like... necessarily a guy a lot older than them, but got married early. And in that, this true, the story is very faithful in that yeah. sense. Because we know a lot of brilliant women who so love reading many. and stuff like that. And they just found happiness in something else. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's fine. Yeah. It's perfect. And Reham, for, for that, is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Reham is just like such a chill person. Like, she's such a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> out of all of them. I mean, I mean, out of the POVs we get, because we don't get Karan's POV, and he seems like he really loves his wife and all that but um but like she's the most normal um, yeah adam also girls. seems normal as well yeah. but he's too much of a mama, mama's boy to even True. speak up mm-hmm. yeah like what do you mean your mom is dissing out Just your wife but yeah. then he stopped talking to her for a month so yeah. i guess he retaliates in different ways you know Karam, we don't have a POV of him um he's a mama's boy um he's a, he's the one with the degrees um He's a smart one, quote unquote. Yeah. He's the one who looks um, white, I guess. The whitest looking one. So the thing is, this is what I wanted to mention about being the beautiful one and the beauty mm-hmm. standards. Yeah. I didn't understand when they were saying Mustafa was attractive and Salma was attractive and Karam was attractive and Suad. Do they mean they look more white? Because they all had curly hair. Mm-hmm. Did they not? Mm-hmm. I think they, oh, but Karam had straight. And so I had a mix between Rehams and Karam straight. Mm. Yeah, which led it to be frizzy. I think that's what it said in the description. Um, yeah, so when they were talking about beautiful and broad, whatever, I, to be honest, I don't fully understand the prescription, the descriptions when they're put in that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, yeah, I don't really get it. Like when people say someone looks so something... To me, if I look at it, I can get the vibe. I can't give you the prescriptions. I usually, like, what I do is I think about uh, different sports. So, like, there's some, there's a swimmer's build. There's, like, a football well, For the build. face. They were talking about face. Oh, no, where you said broad and stuff like that. We're talking about, like, the figure. I think about different types of athletes. Face-wise, no, I just... figure is one thing, but these descriptions was about the head. Oh, okay. Um, That's a blurb. Yeah, no, yeah. their body types I, I was able to get with the program. Yeah. Which, by the way, Raham was not that big. Mm-hmm. And as someone who did grow up in an Arab country, let me tell you, what they consider big is not really that big. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, no, I'm not going to get into comments that were made to me, but like, yeah, what they consider big is not really that big. So she might have not been as big as they're making it seem. She mm-hmm. was just curvy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, like, I felt for her, like, especially with, like, body image and, like, feeling like you're different from your peers and you might not be loved or, like, you think you'll be ridiculed for loving or mm-hmm. whatever like that. Like, I really felt for her. Yeah, um, uh, also her as a mother, mm-hmm. I really loved the dynamic between her and Abdullah. Mm-hmm. Abdullah is uh, her husband. I don't remember her, her stepson. Dad. Her stepson. Yeah. Um, her stepson, she didn't end up having her own kids. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she loved him very much. And when I tell you, when Abdullah was being radicalized, my heart was pumping. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lost. As a Muslim people, that is actually our fear, right? Terrifying. That so that the, the, the these people we use our safe spaces like mm-hmm. the mosque and stuff like that to radicalize our kids. Mm-hmm. And that is actually a genuine fear. Yeah, that's why I kind of like um when people talk about uh QAnon and stuff like that, I'm like, I feel your pain. Oh my family, I lost them to QAnon. I'm like, I feel your pain. I understand that's fear. No, I yeah. understand it fully. And even like like the church and like any religious community mm-hmm. thing when people are Organized like we lost our child like i understand that yeah. pain, but usually that's not um extended to muslim people because we are inherently considered evil mm-hmm. um so by the way his name was latif the, the husband yeah the doctor yeah. um and Rihanna being like she didn't like the fact that she had patients in her house because her husband was a doctor mm-hmm. and when the war was happening he would take in a bunch of refugees people were injured and he would treat them for free mm-hmm. and they took over her, her house and space and she felt some type of anger in the mm-hmm. sense that she couldn't have her own space but the fact that she didn't act out like mm-hmm. i think her she's such, she's such a good person yeah. and the fact that she felt guilty for mm-hmm. even feeling like she she was being burdened mm-hmm. um it, it it really showed like how much of a good person she really is mm-hmm. um no, I just she's my favorite. Yeah, she's like out so of wholesome, she she really is. Yeah, she really is, and that's yeah. why she's my favorite. Um, as we said, Karam, which is Alia's second child. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, he married Badur, which was Saad, his younger sister's friend, and they grew up in Kuwait, right? Yeah. and like so, I'm, I really think she's just Kuwaiti. Yeah, it could yeah. be. I'm not. I'm not rejecting it. Yeah. I just know that their community was made of expats, mm-hmm. so I was just wondering, or immigrants, whatever you want to use, because mm-hmm. refugees, refugees, or whatever you want to use. Well, yeah, I guess. A lot of words. Some of them were like German and stuff. Yeah. Not like so. I don't think they were displaced. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. There's nothing much to say about him. What do you think? We'll get to the... No, let's just get through their children, too. What do you think about his daughter, Lena? We only get one POV of hers, yeah. which is when she's 11. Mm-hmm. I do think, like, what well, was her and Zane, uh, the Bad uh, Words Club, um, they were, like, um, hanging out in their parent, their grandparents' house, and during this time, it was at Beirut, it was not their grandparents' house. It was their two apartments. The one Reham gave to Saad and the one Karam owned. Okay. Um, they were in Beirut and like uh, another war was, war was happening. And like... In 06. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, it's just like she's very like, like gentle and kind and she sees like if she sees injustice, she's kind of like she internalizes that and you can see how she is with her grandmother later on. Mm-hmm. And just she's just I feel like yeah. she's Rapsha like she 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 Rapsha is Somali. Yeah. Uh, she's mischievous yeah. in her antics, but she's kind. Yeah, she's very and kind. she cares for people. Um what do you think of that moment where they go to buy cigarettes mm-hmm. and they see so someone who's Sri Lankan who who I'm assuming was a maid mm-hmm. and she was trying to get food from the store 
And the store owner told her, no, I'm not going to help you. You need to either pay for the 40 something or you need to leave. Because if I pay one Sri Lankan, I'll have all of them at my door. Mm-hmm. And the woman was like, please. And then we hear the story about how this Sri her Lankan boy. woman was left by the people who she worked with. She woke up one day and the house was empty. Mm-hmm. So they fled. But they left her in that house without a passport because mm-hmm. we know um, in a lot of Arab countries when they have um, workers come from other countries, they take their passports and mm-hmm. stuff. So this woman was stuck in the country, couldn't leave, had no access to money, and mm-hmm. they just left her there and she didn't even have food to eat. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she ended up only could afford, she ended up only buying one single bread instead of the multiple things. Mm-hmm. And you see Lena really be shook by that Mm -hmm. and when she goes home she says I wanted to take that lady in I wanted everything to go away and I wanted everything to just be fine Mm -hmm. and I think it was a good choice by the author to use a young child Mm -hmm. who was raised in Boston yeah it just shows like Alia was very comfortable with having like that kind of uh servant or work employee and then you see her children not be as comfortable, but, like, them not, like, verbalizing it. They're just like, oh, yeah, I can't. And, like, it's weird that I have someone, like, work for me like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a new generation where it's like, yeah, no, this isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that our parents, um, servants they have, um, should, like, be able to, like, we should take them with us. They're, like, 11, and they're like, no, we have to make sure they leave yeah in their little brain once again money is just swimming throughout this whole story because like the reason why they have these apartments is because their aunt with that died with no kids right am i misremembering that no it's this manal or something like some other lady okay someone had like that with that kids and bequeathed the money to these three kids yeah, enough for Suat to pay off her uh, mortgage. Yeah, enough for two of them to get apartments. Isn't that wild? <laughs> oh God. Um, how about Suad, the youngest out of the three of Alia's kids? I feel like Suad and Alia's dynamic was so interesting, and I think so. Like she, was I think so- I understood Suad. Yeah. I did not understand Alia. Mm-hmm. Alia refused to do any reflection. Her daughter is telling her, you're only mad at me because I get to do the things you never got to do. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I think that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But in another sense, I think as a parent, she's worried for her. Mm-hmm. But if the husband is not really that worried, is she really in danger? The thing is, um, Alia was hanging out with other Palestinian men. So Ad was hanging out with like Ejnavis, like generally like Germans and stuff like that. Like, she would be on these, like, parties where there's a lot of agendas and, like, the whole scene. If she was really, if she was really in danger, I think her husband would be more worried. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. No, she came off as someone who just wanted a fight. She Mm -hmm. wanted to fight Atif. She wanted to fight her child. She just wants someone to give it to her the way she you know what i mean she just, out. yeah she yeah. just was so angry and ha- unhappy with her life and so i had pointed that to her you just want to go to Amman because that's where you blossom as a person mm-hmm. and i think that's the crux of her whole life mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah but she even let her wish to go to Amman ruin her marriage mm-hmm. like her husband and her they love each other so much but 
because there was that one thing between them, it, it created such a, my goodness, when we get to that chapter of where we get Athis VOV, and they're not vibing as a couple, mm-hmm. and it's all because of a man, really, if you think mm-hmm. about it, and her distaste towards Suad, her negligence towards him, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, but also, if the war never existed, it would have been in Palestine. This would have never happened. Yeah. So this is just how war affects people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I listen. When so I decided to marry that guy in Paris, I was like, <laughs> I was like "Girl, no. you are making a bad decision. No, this no. guy has wandering eyes. Yeah. yeah, doesn't really love you. And maybe he does. I don't know. Um, you're 18. Also, can we talk about the fact that how every single girl, except Alina, maybe, got married under the age of 25? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even like the American ones got married really young. Yeah. Actually, it's had a baby like really a, young too. They have such interesting uh, husband choices too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, <laughs> Suad so marries Ali, right? Mm-hmm. And then Manar marries a man who separated from his wife, but not officially. Mm-hmm. Like the wife <laughs> left him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah. So Ad, in so general, you see her be this person who's craving everything and mm-hmm. just hectic and whatever. And as she gets older, she calms down mm-hmm. and finds herself more. I think. Yeah. And I admire that. Yeah. And the fact that she came back to the peninsula to like uh, grow roots. As there. someone who felt so like anti Arab, like mm-hmm. not anti Arab, she was just looking for more and in that sense she met like the west and mm-hmm. when she went to france she felt at home in the beginning mm-hmm. and then by the end of her first year of marriage she was like i hate paris because yeah. how much of it was like oh paris or is it like oh i don't not under my mother's thumb right yeah and some people sometimes people conflate the two mm-hmm. and she was 18 i know <laughs> had she waited a couple of years she would have gotten to that conclusion yeah. but at last she there was a war going and she loved him, mm-hmm. so whatever. Um, we don't know much about Ellie except he's horrible. Yeah, and abusive. Yeah, Zane being like, oh, I saw my dad hit my mom once. Yeah, and I was like, poor girl. I feel like so sad. I was kind of like, because like after she separates from Ellie or divorce, she like neglects her children for a time, mm. and she becomes like... Somewhat um, alcoholic or dependent on alcohol. Yeah, to so yeah. numb the pain, and she would like put everything on Manar to take care of Zayn, right? And, and Manar resents that. Yeah. And like, and like, and I was like, okay, you guys used to fight, but like, you guys were like, he might, like, I didn't know it was like physical. Yeah, and when Zayn said that, I was like, oh, no, he's trash, trash. Yeah, yeah, he's trash, trash, trash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. And at the end, when you realize that Suad still loved him, Mm -hmm. despite all that, oh, that made me really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference between Suad and her mom Mm -hmm. is that Suad loves her kids. (laughs) (laughs) She was going through it, but she loves her kids. I do think that Adia loves her kids. She just, um, I don't think... Not everyone's meant to be a mother, kind of, type Yeah, she's yeah. one of them. She was only meant to be Karam's mom. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, she treated Karam like shit. The yeah, moment he decided saying. to marry a woman and whatever, the moment they don't do something they don't agree yeah. with, um, she's she always... She a puppy and called it a day. No, for real. Yeah, 100%. But it's kind of like what society expected of her, right? So then yeah. she had to do it. And also, it's what she expected of herself. Yeah. You know, you don't realize it until... 
that's the thing. They all got married so young. It's so like young. they didn't even have a chance to even think, mm-hmm. you know? Because it's and just kind there of... There was wars and... Traffic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just the beats of life that people used to um, never question. Okay, so we did Karam's kid. We technically didn't talk about Abdullah because he, he didn't have a POV. Yeah. But he was almost radicalized. So we're talking about Reham. Yeah. Uh, and Latif's Latif son, yeah, aka okay, her stepson or whatever, but it's her son, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was worried for him for a second. I was so worried for him, but, but you know, eventually we see him. Okay, we have kids. Oh, it's like that moment, and, yeah. and the fact that she was smart with it, yeah, and that she 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 saw what they had in mm-hmm. common, mm-hmm. and she lured him in with that, and she was like, "Let me tell you." And the thing is, it's also important how she consumed the things he was consuming Mm -hmm. and she was able to use her critical thinking Mm -hmm. to be like yes i agree with a b c d but i disagree with x y z Mm -hmm. and because she had that perspective she was able to tell him how to move with his faith and whatnot and then 9 11 happened and i think he was scared yeah yeah she's also like her father's daughter like a peacemaker yes yeah (laughs) yes but she also has the good qualities of her mom as well like mm. her mom being like opinionated and whatever she's not a vocal opinionated mm-hmm. person but she has her ways and she's smart of how she's going to navigate things mm-hmm. and stuff yeah no i love I, her she's a, <laughs> clearly the undisputed favorite okay yeah. so we already talked about karam's uh daughter lena so what about okay let's go what's her name manor Manar, the oldest of Saad's kids. Mm-hmm. We get one POV where she goes back to Palestine. And this is this was the most heartbreaking chapter for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, this girl didn't even know where they came from originally. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of going back to the country you're supposedly from, but knowing nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and not feeling connected to it. Like, objectively, you understand this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that connection to the land. Mm-hmm. She likes the people. She likes everything, but it wasn't what she thought yeah. she was going to have a moment, and yeah. she didn't because she was robbed of that. She was also like not fully Palestinian because Ellie is yeah. Um. So it's, there's that part, and it's like she like doesn't identify heavily with her Lebanese side, and she basically talks about how her accent betrays her, mm-hmm. and she wants to say, "Hey, no, I'm one of you." Like. There's this thing where, like, you meet someone from the same ethnicity or, like, and you start talking to them in your native tongue where you just, like, have a little bit of a connection through language, right? And, like, with Arabs, like, nobody, there's standardized Arabic, but nobody is a native speaker in standardized Arabic. There's, like, different accents and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, Mm. that is for Egypt. Um, Like, so each dialect has a different name, right? So mm, no, they're just called Al Yeah, I learned okay. that in school, and I was really shocked. I really, I or some shocked. people say Lahja, but yeah. yeah, it's kind of like for them, like each Lahja is like mm-hmm. a different language. So like they identify with the Lahja. So like I don't know, she wanted that connection through language, and she didn't get it because mm-hmm. her accent portrayed her. Yeah, yeah. She almost cheated on the man though. <laughs> And I would have approved. 100%. What a loser! 100%. 100%. 100%. I wanted her to kiss him. I wanted her to cheat. I was like, cheat, cheat, cheat. Oh Anyways, whatever. Gabrielle sounded like a loser, but whatever. You know what's interesting though? Her child would be more American. Yeah, because. Than Lebanese. Mm-hmm. Than 
or white American, whatever type of American, whatever her husband is, and a quarter Palestinian and a quarter Lebanese. Yeah, Um, not gonna lie, I don't plan on having children, but if I were to, that would scare me. That terrify me, and also same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Um. What do you think about Zane? We didn't get a POV of him. That's the younger brother. We actually don't get much by him, but he is the one who like discovers letters that mm. their grandfather wrote. Oh, I thought that was beautiful. And the fact that Abdullah was the one who like translated for them, and like, so you you see the like I'm dancing. Fine, that was so good. Yeah, you finally I- see like all kids being friends versus every generation having like their little like spats and that. But in by that generation, they all they're all they're Gucci. besties. Even Abdullah, even though he's more religious than them, mm-hmm. he's still hearing them saying the F word every other word. <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. And it's just like this big family getting together. It wasn't really kumbaya. Everybody was fighting. Especially when Alia got dementia, everybody was losing it. Oh, and Mariam smoked, and everybody was like, ah, who is she? I'm like, girl, don't, 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 don't stereotype my girl. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, so that's the family. And it ends with um, Alia having dementia. Which and is really sad. Oh, it's always sad to see dementia. so vibrant. vibrant and opinionated yeah. and just whatever. And just whose <laughs> voice is like their weapon and their opinions are like, they're very like sharp, mm-hmm. you know? And when they're sharp with their tongue and you just see that deteriorate, it's always sad. Yeah. But do you think she died at the end? I I thought she so. died. I no. think I think when Manor was singing to her daughter mm-hmm. and was saying go to sleep, go to sleep. I think she was putting her daughter to sleep, and then her grandma died. At least she died. Oh. Died, you know. It's at least someone banging to go for Adif. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they had a great time, and then she sat on that bed, and she I'm went like night night. Here's the thing, a couple of things. Yeah. So Adif will think, oh my god. I um had relations with my uh wife and she died because of me again. <laughs> two siblings. And no, then, no, no, no. He's too old to think that. Okay. Maybe he'll he'll think like that was a goodbye. Okay, cool. But also like Atif at some point uh when they came back from the doctor right and he saw her like just he thought she, he was dead and he yeah. was hopeful. I feel like um and then she starts snoring. He's like, oh, he's kind of disappointed. I feel like. No, I think yeah. it's because of the dream he had. He thought the dream had a significance. Mm. And that he was having a moment between him and Allah or something. Mm. So when it didn't happen, I think he was disappointed. Also, I think it's disappointed because he didn't want to lose more of her. Yeah. And see her deteriorate slowly. So it, it was all very human, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't judge him for it. Yeah, but shout out to Lena for being the most gentle soul. And the only one to get to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time she like remembered a name when we were in her POV, like I, like the way I was like I was staring up because I was at work and I was staring up. It's kind of like terrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um at the end Manar drives the use of family tree question. Mm-hmm. Who? Why? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Arabs don't take each other's last name. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. So who is Yusuf? Like, was Hussam's last name Yusuf? Hmm. Um, isn't the family name Yaqub? Isn't oh, Yaqub. Yeah. Whatever. Started with a Y. Yeah. The Yaqub family. 
Yeah, so, like, Atif's kids should have his last name. Yeah. And then the only person, like, literally the only person who could have contained that, yeah. Maybe Atif's last name is Yusuf. No. It oh. started with their grandma. Oh, okay. So she's, like, this, in the beginning you have a... Family tree. Family tree, and it starts with Sanma. Hmm. Sanma and Hussein. Hmm. I don't Yeah, know. I was kind of confused about that. But also, isn't it interesting that everybody else they married um that was palestinian like Atif, for example because they didn't have as much money mm-hmm. their story or maybe we're just looking from alia's family train so it's different but you know money really took this family far which by the way you can tell when you're an immigrant when someone came to the country like america canada whatever and they used to have money yeah it's so so apparent. obvious yeah yeah, that's all I'm gonna say yeah. about that. Yeah, the story kind of showed that. Granted, yeah. so I did struggle with money because when she married Atif, Atif and Ali, I mean, he didn't have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. Ali, is that a French name? I don't know. Because the 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 reader was like Ali, 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 Ali. Oh, the stereotypes killed me, but like. No, it was so funny, but like horrible, but funny. Um. Anyways, that's all for today. I oh wait, would you recommend this book? Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. I do think that um, this is a story about like, yeah, sure. Sorry, let me rephrase that. It's basically about three different generations of like Palestinians. You could see how like war affects them, like the wars in the background, but it's like a very interesting conversation about how. Uh, about identity and like knowing like where you come from and like but all this is happening and where the backdrop is like the war and the mm-hmm. constant displacement so yeah 100% I wouldn't I gave it like five stars um I really enjoyed it and I also think it's and I don't think the point of every POC uh who writes should educate you but I do think it's educational it just makes you more familiar yeah. with other people that probably you're not like used to caring from Mm -hmm. um i enjoyed it but is it the type of book i would usually go for no which is Mm -hmm. why we have this book club because we can read books that i think are important to read um but i naturally wouldn't gravitate towards it's not because it's a palestinian story or whatever i just i don't read literary i do but like it's like once in a blue moon to be honest yeah I don't read non-speculative fiction, <laughs> basically. Is that like things yeah. that are not sci-fi? So or... sci-fi, uh, fantasy, um, horror is technically speculative fiction, but mm. yeah. So basically, yeah. yeah. So basically, same. Head in the clouds romance. type shit. Yeah, but add romance to that. That's me as well. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't do sci-fi. Actually, let's be real. I've, yeah. I've re- I don't think I've read anything sci-fi. Maybe one or two things. Um. Yeah, so I think it's important to read. Um, if you're into, like, literary fiction, is that mm. what it's called? If you're into it, I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. If you like reading about how trauma and displacement and colonization affects one family, mm-hmm. uh, this this is a good book, I think, for that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly... I think I would have enjoyed it more as a movie. But yeah, I don't give stars, so I do recommend. Uh, I don't rate on... It gives me too much anxiety. So, 
I do recommend it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are we going to read next week, Aisha? We'll be reading Nat. Sorry. We'll be reading Passing by, oh my god. Nella Larson. Yeah, Nella Larson. Nella Larson. Nella Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, see you all next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year and goodbye. Bye.